You are listening to the Becoming Men podcast. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me for the Becoming Men podcast brought to you by the becomingmen.com. I am your host, Ray Delanues, and this is the podcast for men on their masculine journey. Today, I'll be joined by Ryan Hansen, and we're going to be talking about how to become the man that God intended you to be so that you can live a fuller life with richer faith. Now, you're going to love this episode. By the way, want to connect with me? You can find me on Instagram at Ray De La Nuez. That's Ray De La Nuez. Also, if you're new to this podcast, hit the subscribe button so that you won't miss any future episodes. Before we get into this week's interview, I want to ask you something. Did I ever tell you that having a personal coach and mentor changed my life and helped turn my marriage around completely? That's why I'm so passionate about one-on-one connections. And guess what? We are offering a completely free coaching call to all of our listeners. We have a team of guys who want to help you get from where you are now to where God has called you to be. Because let's be honest, sometimes when you're in the thick of it, all you need is someone in your corner that can give you perspective and then can empower you and encourage you in your fight. So let's connect. All you have to do is right after this show, head over to thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching. Again, that's thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching and get connected with your personal coach today. Now let's get into this week's show. Ryan, what's going on, brother? How's it going, Ray? Good to see you, my friend. Dude, I am excited to be able to hop into this conversation. And really, it comes from this, um, just this excitement to see that there are other men from across the entire country that are talking about thinking about the same stuff that I'm trying to put out on this podcast day after day after day, man. So tell us, man, what are you doing? What do you got going on? Who are you? Introduce yourself. (laughs) <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of different questions. Um, my name is Ryan. Uh, I'm a happy father of four, happily married to my beautiful wife. We just hit 13 years. Um, out here working for corporate America in sales and helping a buddy out with his company as well. And, uh, you know, idle hands are bad. So I'm always, I've always got my hands in some project or other. And right now, um, that's end average. And so it's kind of a, a ministry that I'm trying to get off the ground and see where God takes it. Yeah. Well, tell us about end average. What, uh, what is that? Um, end average is kind of, that's what I call the, I suppose the mentality or the, the thought pattern of ending average. So I, I'm not on a crusade against church or cultural Christianity or anything, but I, do spot some big holes in it and that especially when it comes to uh discipleship for men so men are being not only emasculated in the media but they're being subdued by the way that church just runs in general and that's you know obviously your church might be different there's exceptions to all of this but in general um it's not exciting it, it it's not attracting millennials it's just you go, you raise your hands, you shake, shake hands after coffee, and then you go home and, you know, so, and average is kind of a, a, a biblical look at what faith looks like for men in between Sunday sermons. And, uh, and so that's what I'm trying to teach guys and, and help them, uh, figure out the lessons that I had to learn the hard way. Yeah. Why, why do you say the hard way? Um, well, I was, uh, I was a schmuck. <laughs> I grew up, I grew up as a missionary kid. So fortunately I had that foundation of faith, um, 
baked into me from childhood. So I had the head knowledge, but, um, after I, after I left the home, I went down a slippery slope. So, I mean, you name it, girls, drugs, alcohol, and I was just living like a, um, run of the mill frat boy just for the moment. And in the back of my head, I always knew that I was being a turd, but, um, I wasn't doing anything about it. And so during that phase, I joined the army still in that mode and lower enlisted. I mean, you know, just as well as any other soldier, um, that's not a healthy lifestyle. Um, it wasn't until I got married that I realized it was a couple months into our marriage. And I was like, Oh crap. Like I'm identifying as a Christian. Um, my closest friends, people have literally been in combat with don't know that I identify as a Christian. And, um, I was ashamed of that. And so I, I, that was kind of the beginning of the learning curve for me where I was like, okay, I need to put some of this in, in order. God, where do I start? Let's just start reading the Bible, find mentors at church, go hang out with people that have a bunch of kids. Cause that's what your wife wants. And I'm like, I'm nowhere near the man that she deserves, let alone the man that my future kids need me to be. So I need to learn this stuff quick. Um, and that just kind of, it started. And over the years, it, the, the topic started rotating and I, I just saw common themes popping up. And that's why I, um, I kind of have a, a cycle that I go through, say, uh, a mentee, where we start with faith and talk about relationships, health, and finances. Those are kind of the four categories that um, I had to do the most growth in. And that's where most of the questions that guys I talk to come up. And so we kind of fit those four categories um, and just work through them systematically and then rinse and repeat. Cause you're never there. There's always growth and more learning that can happen. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the most frustrating parts of my early twenties is that I always felt like I needed to reach a certain point. I was always yes. trying to finally make it right. Like, can I finally just become a good husband? Like, I just want to be a good husband. <laughs> I, can I finally just become this? And man, as I approach the later part of my twenties, I'm realizing like, man, it's just a continual process. It's like, once I think I made somewhere, you know, I, I have another thing to attain and another thing to attain. Are you seeing the same thing with the guys that you mentor or within the groups that you have? Yeah. Um, I see you brought up the group and actually that's, that's kind of what's come out of end average is this group that I, we call it the league of imperfect gentlemen. And we're just acknowledging that we are imperfect. We will never be perfect. But as long as we're striving and we're comparing ourselves to the me of yesterday and we can show fruit, then you're on the right track. You can sleep well at night, be comfortable. And, um, yeah, uh, for sure, man, there, there is no, uh, ribbon at the end of the race where I, I did it. I'm, I'm good. And so, uh, yeah, that's a frustrating realization for sure. For some yeah. people. I think it definitely frustrates our generation because we are all about the quick wins, right? Games and social media are designed to give us quick wins, make us feel good right now in the moment as quick as possible so that we can get to the next quick win. And it seems like yep. life is not that. And and you said something before about um, just discussing faith and, and building the faith in men between Sunday services, right? So walk me through that process yeah. Uh, talk to me about some of the things that maybe you, you would do some of what that even looks like and how that is completely opposite from that quick win mentality. I'll tell you a story. Uh, I, I was with somebody that I, I really trust. Um, 
successful business owner and I was trying to get his advice about end average. How do I monetize this? How do I turn it into a, a business so I can quit corporate America and just do this ministry full time without having to go to churches to beg for support every six months or whatever it is. I didn't want to do that. Um, and, uh, and he looked at me just straight in the eyes and he says, bro, you're selling vitamins when the world wants ibuprofen. Um, you're selling the slow, like daily habits that lead to ultimate growth and fruit. And people aren't really going to like that. So it's never going to be this like explosion of an audience because what you've got is so Tony Robbins that everybody wants on. Um, it's going to be a grind. And that helped me realize like, oh, okay, so this isn't going to be a big, you know, I, I had like Dave Ramsey's platform in my mind. It's like, okay, we'll do that. We're going to have all these different ministries that shoot off. <laughs> and, uh, the realization was, that's likely never going to happen. I mean, God could bless it and we'll see where it goes. But ultimately, what I try to teach in End Average is um, habit-based growth. So um, for each of those categories, faith, relationships, health, and finance, you got to break that down into actionable, like tangible habits for guys to do. So faith, where does it start? That's prayer walks. That's reading the Bible. That's learning the Bible by surrounding yourself with people that know better than you. Uh, relationships, date your wife, do one-on-one -on -one, uh, dates or outings with each of your kids, building those relationships without trust, there is no relationship. And so it just, um, and the same goes for health and finances. And essentially all of that growth is not intended for growth's sake itself. It's to reflect God's glory back into the world. So your neighbor's see, oh, what's different about that guy? His kids answer him when he tells him to go clean up whatever, the, the driveway. Um, what's different? Why don't my kids do that? It's like, well, no, let's talk about it. And it's, uh, so it's not for my own sake because that's be polishing the breath of my Titanic. It's to reflect God's glory back into the world. And then in turn, building relationships and helping others around you. Love God, love others. Yeah. I love that quote that you uh, said before, man, what your mentor, your, your friend had told you, you're trying to sell vitamins when the world wants ibuprofen. Yeah, they want that quick fix. And that's so true, man. And I think as we reflect on the title of this podcast, how to become the man that God intended you to be, what you're telling me is that there is no one, two, three step, and then you're there. Sorry, bud. Not What's that easy. <laughs> And the reality of it is, man, is, is you're right. There's these, I love that you brought up habit-based too, um, because it's, it's this continual thing of choosing who we are going to become, choosing mm -hmm. who we are going to be by doing something. Yeah. I think maybe we buy into the idea that if we just bought this, if we just made this amount of money, if we just would marry the hot girl, then our life would naturally fall into place to look like the sitcom that we grew up watching. And really, you, you don't oh, see yeah. the hard work. Go ahead, your thoughts. Uh, I, again, um, so I guess another way of looking at that, uh, just consistency over time, the, the intentionality that you're putting into your life, it's, uh, um, that's character, right? We're developing character, becoming somebody instead of achieving something. And then you become somebody. So it's just, it's who you are. You reflect God's glory, you bear fruit or you don't. It's 
and there's a learning curve too. So it's, it, again, you're never going to be perfect. You're never going to uh, show all of the fruit of the Holy Spirit all the time. But what I can know is like, oh, patience, I suck at that. Maybe I should really take some time and, and work on that. Or you see the things that are called out as negative or, you know, I get anti-fruit, <laughs> call it whatever you want, sin patterns. Okay, that's what I need to be working on. And so there's a constant evolution and growth curve. Yeah, so true. I, I just, I'm thinking about the 20 something year old, maybe young 21, 22 year old that's listening to this. And it's like, well, okay, got it. I'll buy into this. Like, I understand this, this sounds good. So where do I start? Like, I don't have a good church group or I don't have guys around me or I don't have uh, the mentors that want to pour into me. So where do I even start? Um, a lot of times that answer is really close to home. It's a father. It's mm-hmm. a father-in-law. It's, um, so in the military, it's your NCO. You see somebody, you don't have to have this like grand, um, calculated, scheduled mentorship contract where you, you know, <laughs> it's so much easier than that. It's, Hey, I'm having trouble uh, with my, this behavior with my five-year-old, I know you've got like three kids that are a little bit older. Have you ever seen this? And it's just asking questions to build that relationship. I guarantee you, if they've been through it, whether they were successful or not, they can speak value into that situation. And so whether it's marriage, again, finances, you see somebody that's budgeting and handling their money right, um, and probe that, again, don't ask financial advice from somebody that's broke. But uh, if you see somebody that's successfully doing that, go reach out, ask them, hey, I'm having trouble. I know we make about the same thing. You seem to not have money issues, but my wife and I fight about it constantly. What am I doing wrong? Can you help me out? And it can be that easy. And we have the, the whole internet at our fingertips. You want to learn something? You just go figure it out. Like think. I think that's one of the biggest missing uh, activities in our lives. We're so distracted and busy. Um, people just fail to just sit and think for a second. Why does my life suck in this area? Let me figure it out and just go for a walk and just contemplate what, what would I tell somebody else to do if they were in my situation? Yeah. And then do it, put it into action. (laughs) Man, this resonates so much with me because this is where my journey started. You said, you know, it's really close to home. Just look for a father, right? And maybe it's not a father-in-law or maybe it's not your own personal father, but like I've right. developed a relationship with a spiritual father, just another godly man who said, yes, I will teach you the way. I will teach you how to walk in this way and carry your cross, right? Discipleship, like the Bible yeah. explains. Um, and it really did start there, man. A, a, a manly, uh, godly man who said yes, who said yes to, to walk me through, who was a, allowed me to just be messy and just pointed me in the right direction. And so I just, I do want to encourage um, our listeners right now, man, that if you are looking for that, if you desire that, you need to go check out um, endaverage.com or visit our website, thebecomingmen.org, and you will be able to find that. You will be able to find those mentors, those coaches, the community of guys that are willing to, to just be there for you, to be in your corner and walk alongside you. Yep. Yep. And, and it, it's a journey and don't go it alone. 
um, right, right before we scheduled this, uh, my Bible reading had me in, uh, in Galatians and I was sitting there just laughing the whole time. And I was like, this is exactly what I was going to say anyway. And so it's all just super fresh in my mind. But it, I mean, it literally, um, in, in, uh, chapter six gives carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And I'm just sitting there reading that and I highlighted it. I was like, come on. It's so perfect. It's because that's what we do with the League of Imperfect Gentlemen. Like comes over relationships over time. So it might take six months before you're comfortable to speak what's actually on your heart. Um, but there's only one way to, to do that, and that's to consistently go. So you know, we meet once a month, um, and it might be two, three meetings before somebody opens up. But we just cycle through the topics: faith, relationships, health, and finance. And those are broken down into like sixteen different ones in the book. But that's that's all we do. Um, so that's my hope is that people will go start their own league of imperfect gentlemen. That's your neighbors. That's your buddies. Hey, let's intentionally go through something together. And, uh, it's, it's pretty straightforward to yeah. do life together, hash these questions out, talk about it, what's working, what's not. Um, and over time you can't help, but improve. Yeah. I want to touch on two things that, that you said, um, that might feel uh, tough for us to do. Um, and by us, I mean, young men in their twenties and thirties, uh, we buy into this feeling of disqualification. And a lot of times we disqualify ourselves. We're the first ones to disqualify ourselves. So we'll disqualify ourselves from having good relationships because we'll say, well, that man doesn't want to sit down with me or he doesn't want to be bothered with my questions. He doesn't want to, you know, have coffee with me, whatever. So we'll disqualify ourselves there. Or you know, we maybe get into the journey of, and we're growing and we're learning. And then we disqualify ourselves from actually being able to start our own league of imperfect gentlemen mm -hmm. or start our own groups to walk alongside, um, some of the guys that we see in our own, in our own, uh, spheres of influence. So what do you think about that? Uh, I had to deal with that. Uh, my wife helped me through and, and kind of get over that imposter syndrome. Cause I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, who, the need was there. So th this is where the need arose. I was going to church, um, multiple other guys, my age. So I was, I was early thirties at this point, multiple other guys are like, man, the men's ministry at this church sucks. It's like scrambled eggs and bacon once a month at like five 30 in the morning on a work day. It's like, come on. Um, I just, <laughs> we felt that need and there were other guys of similar age and they're like, what do we do? And I'm like, kept asking the, the pastor. I'm like, why can we fix this? Can we do something about it? No, no, no. We're, uh, you know, we don't have the bandwidth for another ministry. And so I'm just banging my head against the wall and, and it finally clicked it's like, well, why don't I do it? And it literally started with just a couple guys sitting around a fire pit hashing it out. I sent them a, uh, male survey monkey of like 20 different options of topics for us to talk about. And I was like, here, you five guys, pick your top five, whichever come up, that's what we're going to do. And so once a week, we just met and talked about that topic. It was me and a pastor friend of mine. And um, it was my wife. She convinced me. She's like, look, you don't have to have that master's in divinity. You don't have to have a perfect budget. Yes, we're in debt, but you can still teach people about money because we're on the right path to getting out of debt. And so at that phase in my life, I was like, who am I to be talking to these guys about it? Um, and that's what got us started from there. It just grew. And so it's a beer and a cigar around a fire pit. 
that's what our events group looks like. And people just kept coming and inviting, Hey, you got to come, you got to come. And we got so big that we ended up having to uh, split. So now there's three different groups that are meeting regularly after that one little seed of a league of imperfect gentlemen that we had and, and guys need this. They want this. And, uh, and it's, it's exciting to watch it and address your first one. Just if you're feeling disqualified or like, Hey, that guy wouldn't sit down with me. Just think to yourself, wouldn't I feel honored or feel good if somebody came to me and said, Hey, I see you're succeeding at X. Can you help me? Like that would make me feel like a rock star for somebody coming to me. And what if they say, no, you're one step closer to finding somebody else that that wasn't the right guy for you. So take that rejection if it happens and just move on, go find somebody else. Yeah. I love that it started around a little fire pit, right? How natural a group of guys around a little fire pit, just hanging out and talking. And, And I think that's really pointing to the fact that guys, it is that easy right? Becoming the man that you were intended to be just looks like you being intentional, like you said earlier, and consistent about growing on on your masculine journey with other guys around you and allowing iron to sharpen iron and remembering that iron just sitting in a bucket together actually rusts. So there needs to be friction for there to be some sharp. Yeah. Um, And there is, there is sometimes. Now, I'm going back to uh, this uh, word that you used. You, you said the imposter syndrome. What do you mean by that? Um, we all have it at some point or other. Um, you're in leadership in the Marines. And I'm sure there are times you're like, why would people listen to me? I, I don't understand X, Y, Z, or this NCO has been in a lot longer than me. Like, who, who am I to give direction to? Him? I felt the same thing as an NCO in the Army. Like, who am I? Like, like, this guy's been in a lot longer than me or whatever. Now, all of a sudden, I'm in charge of a, of a platoon. It's like, uh, <laughs> and that, that insecurity creeps up. Um, and the exact same thing happens in our faith walk. Who am I that God would love me? Who am I that other people would listen to my advice about money or relationships? Who am I to be the spiritual leader to my wife and my kids? And you got to take that. And instead of cowering and giving into it, that's your opportunity to say, Oh, okay. That's why I need to learn more. That's why I need to seek more mentorship. That's why I need to ask the question when I don't understand something. Um, so turning, turning that imposter syndrome into the fuel that you need to stay motivated for, for progress. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I can absolutely relate to that, man. As a, as a, you know, I'm 10 years in the military, but now as I switched over to being an officer and I'm now I'm back to the bottom of the barrel in the officer ranks, you know, I'm a second lieutenant. It's very easy to feel like, um, you know, like I don't have it. Um, like I still have a way to go. Why would anybody listen to me? And I, and I I think you explained it well before, but I just wanted you to touch up on that, um, again. And, and I do want to make one clarifying, uh, note here with an asterisk. Um, you know, when we invite you guys to not disqualify yourself to get out there and do it, like you got it. Um, even though you haven't arrived there, um, I will also say that you don't have authority in places where you are not having victory. Again, you don't have authority in places where you are not having victory. 
And so the fact that you can talk to somebody about finances when you yourself are on the way of climbing that financial mountain and standing at the top of it with your hands raised in the air because you conquered it, that is one thing. But if you are watching pornography and you are struggling with it, you don't have the platform to go and talk to other guys about how they should not be watching pornography. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And I think that right there hurts the lives of men more and activates cynicism more than anything else, especially in the church. I mean, today somebody just sent me a post about a pastor in my, in the old city that I I used to live at in Florida who just got caught with, you know, hundreds of, you know, pornographic pictures of children and standing in front of, you know, or, you know, that heartbreaking, the Hillsong United, you know, um, pastor, celebrity pastor, quote unquote, whatever that means. Um, who just had, who fell, you know what I mean? Those things right there do tax, not just you and your own soul, but also the guys who you are trying to lead when you, again, don't even have victory in that area. So I I just want to make sure that that I make that distinction um, because there's, there needs to be humility. What are your thoughts? Um, Only thing that I would add to that is um, if you do have a sin pattern and you're still working it out, being extremely vulnerable and honest with the guys that you are with, um, that does allow you to speak into it to some degree. Yes, this is a problem I have. This is what I'm doing about it. Please keep me accountable and make sure that I'm on the growth track. Yes. So um, consistency in, in progress is again, that key. You don't have to have everything ironed out because you're never going to be perfect, but you do need to be intentionally working on that. Exactly. Yeah. And intentional about working towards that victory. You're absolutely right. I I absolutely Mm -hmm. agree with that, man. So let's shift gears real quick and explain to me, man, like, okay, so you are on this journey to becoming the man that you were intended to be. And what is the biggest hindrance, right? Besides, you know, we talked a little about, about the imposter syndrome, but like, what is the hindrance here? What is the retarding factor? What is the gravity that we have to fight against in, in this uh, journey? Um, man, the, the, the biggest ones, yeah, everybody's harping on them. Um, being overly concerned with your image on social media, that's extremely distracting. Uh, being swayed so strongly by cultural polls. Again, we can go right back to Galatians. This is a letter from Paul writing a letter to a church that's being swayed by the cultural historical norms in this particular case, circumcision. So it's the Jews trying to do it the old way saying, no Gentiles, you can't be Christians unless you've been circumcised. And the Gentiles are like, wait, uh, what? <laughs> That's not what Jesus said. And they're like, yeah, yeah, but this is how we've done it forever. So um, you have to do that. And th- this is well-intentioned people, right? Trying to do communion and do church, but they're trying to assert a cultural norm against their new brethren. So um, I see a lot of Christians getting swayed by the politics that are happening. Um both left or right. It doesn't, it, it's just, it's such a hot mess. And it seems like we can't rise above it as a Christian community. Um, and, and it's heartbreaking to see. So um, at least for end average at the league of imperfect gentlemen, we try to focus on things as biblically centered as possible without letting politics or culture come in. And that's 
A lot of times that means calling a spade a spade. Yes, boys need to turn into men. What are those rites of passages? Uh, or what are those rites of passage? Um, yes, that is wrong. And not negotiate with that. Just plant your stake and then learn how to defend that biblically and live by it. So it's it's not a... I don't know if I'm answering your question at all. It's you just uh, the 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 things that are holding us back is being distracted away from the simple what right looks like that we find in the Bible. So yeah. identifying the first step is learning what does the Bible say about X? How are we living that? How are we not? Is culture getting in the way? Is Christianity, the, the religion side of Christianity getting in the way? And let's cut through that. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's just being distracted from that beacon from that. This is what right looks like yeah. and not understanding it. But if you don't know what the Bible says, then now what? Yeah. <laughs> now you're completely at the whims yeah. of society. If you're keeping, I like how you said that there, if you're keeping your focus on that beacon, you know, no other light becomes brighter than that. But yeah. if you have wandering eyes and you do turn to the left and to the right, maybe you might catch a little glimpse of that shining, uh, that shining light that's kind of glimmering off to the side that's called Instagram. And if, hey, if you post these kinds of pictures and you do kind of this, you might actually get a better following than you have right now. Or, hey, look at over here. You know, there's the million dollar business idea that you're, um, that you're going after. And it, it, it looks kind of tempting, but you're not seeing it through the lens of, like you said, biblical, um, or even just what's good for your soul, right? Because yeah. you can go ahead and get that uh, million dollar job started or a million dollar business started. And then at the end of it all, man, you lost sight of the beacon. You lost sight of the importance that you were becoming someone. And so you became an a-hole at, at the end of it all. And now yeah. you, you, you got what you wanted, but you didn't become who you wanted to become. Mm -hmm. I would add, man, to, uh, to the few things that you said, you know, the, the distractions of the social media presence, the cultural norms, um, the fact that we need to plant our stake and live by it. I would add that we as men, um, when we are trying to become the men that we were intended to be, have to fight apathy. Yeah. I, I think in my recent conversation with somebody that I'm coaching, we talked about how, you know, men are often driven. And I think that's so easy to perceive if you are a driven person and you surround yourself by driven people. But when you surround yourself by your average, you know, Joe and Steve and Bill and Bob and Ray, like, dude, sometimes you will know, like you will see that apathy is a real struggle. And these guys have to, uh, purposefully. And again, that word comes up, man, intentionally and consistently come against it. Have you experienced that? Um, how have you experienced that in your life? And what are your thoughts on all of it? I have, I, you know, I can go back to the definition of end average to begin yeah. with. So that, that's both a verb. I'm going to end average, or if I do nothing, I'm going to end average. And so I call them sleepwalkers. It's, uh, it's, you know, you go to work, you come home, you have the beer, you go to bed, rinse and repeat for 65 years. Now you get to hopefully retire and then you die. That sucks. We are called to be on mission. And if you are not being intentional about figuring out life, about being the dad to the kid of the single mom next door, about spotting somebody at your church that needs you to come around them, put your arm around them, say, hey, man, 
that you're struggling in your marriage. Do you want to talk about it? If you're not doing that, then you're missing the point of being on earth. You being a good person and going through the motions of whatever for 75 years and then you die. What's the point? Yeah. You sleepwalk, you sleepwalked all the way through. And so that's, that's, that's the norm. Unfortunately, um, this, this reaching down and grabbing them and taking life on, on mission is very rare. I, I don't know what you know percentage I would assign to that, but even within my own league of imperfect gentlemen, there's guys that come and they listen, but they don't imply. Um, and you know, hopefully in time that will change, but the ones that do their lives change radically and yeah. fast. Yeah. So it's worth it. Absolutely. It's like uh, what Jesus says in uh, Luke, where somebody who hears the word, who hears the truth, but does nothing is like a man who built a, a, you know, this grand structure on sand. And when the wave comes and beats on it, like, bro, there there it goes, because your foundation was faulty. Um, Or the the seeds that land on dry ground. mm, mm. You scatter it, but they're not going to take root unless they're there for a good reason. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So again, kind of switching gears a little bit, but staying on track. Now you're on the journey. You're becoming the man that you were intended to be. What is the fruit that you see in your life right now from being intentional here? What are you Mm. seeing in your marriage? What are you seeing in your relationships? What are you seeing in your health? What are you seeing in your finances? What are you seeing in your faith? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm, I jokingly say that 2020 was the best and the worst year of my life. So um, it, was, it was the worst. Obviously, everybody was impacted. The lock-in sucked. You know, business is hurting. All of the above. So all the same excuses. Everything happened to us as well. But the, the positive side was that we got to put a microscope on the different areas of our life. Oh, all of a sudden, I'm not traveling for work anymore. I'm home all the time. We have four kids. So it's like living in a beehive, right? All of a sudden, marriage problems come up. And so it took that uh, microscope to really point out some of the flaws. Like I'd been dragging around PTSD for a long time. So for the first time, I acknowledged that and started getting therapy for it. Um, being more intentional about spending time with the kids, but in a, in a broader sense from who I was, uh, I guess 15 years ago before getting married to now patience is higher. I enjoy being around my kids. It's not a chore to do one-on-one dates with them. I get to do that. My marriage is good and growing. We don't fear, um, not having money tomorrow because we know that we are industrious. We know how to work a plan. We understand how money works and how to put it to work for us instead of us just slaving away and then spending it all. Like all of those growth areas came from um, putting intentionality in them, spotting the holes and, and patching it. What's next? Okay. Now how do we invest more um, soundly? How do we make sure that those relationships with our kids are in place before they start going through rocky teenage years? Those don't have to be bad years. I mean, oh no, you have four teenagers at the same time. Like, it's going to be great. We, we get to do grown up stuff together. Um, all of those things are just, there's a sense of peace and joy that you get to 
have when these things have been addressed and you're on the right track. Again, we don't have it all sorted out. Of course, there are still problems, but we're on the right track and that feels good. Yeah. So that's, that's what I can tell somebody that is interested in, in being intentional in their own lives. Like, I don't have it all sorted out, but I can show you what we've learned and it's working for us. So yeah. let's try. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that, man, because no two men are ever the same. Therefore, no two journeys right. will ever be the same. We never go at the same pace. We stop at different places. We might take different routes, but guess what? We are all trying to climb the same mountains. And, and one of those, yeah. you know, our relationship, our faith, our finance, our fitness, our focus, like we are all trying to get there. And so for the guys that have heard it, have made it all the way to this and they're like, okay, now what? I, I want this. I want that. I want to be, I want yeah. to feel like I am succeeding in these areas of my life. Tell them where to go, what they can do, how they can connect with you. Um, I, I sat around that fire pit for years, talking to different guys, coaching them on their finances, going through the motions for each of these topics. And the same questions kept cropping up in one form or other. And so I started spotting those and writing them down. Um, I don't know, it must have been like four, four years ago, I started blogging those different topics. And then once I'd made it through, I kind of categorized them. That's how I came up with four categories. There's nothing magic or mystic about those four categories. It just, it seemed to fit. And so um, I wrote a blog post after doing my research in the Bible, getting mentorship on each of those topics. And then I just turned that into a book. So what I can help somebody else do is encourage them to go start their own league of imperfect gentlemen completely separate from me. Feel free to reach out to me and, and I'm, I'm happy to walk you through it. In fact, there's a guide in my app and on the website. If you go put your email address and you get the free start your own league of imperfect gentlemen guide. Um, but then the book, you just, Hey guys, we're going to meet every other week, Tuesday night. We're going to have a beer and we're going to talk about chapter four, whatever it is. Everybody reads it before going at the end of each chapter, they're probing questions and there are habits that I recommend trying, not saying these are the catch all your life is going to be better. If you apply them all, don't try to do them all at the same time. Just pick one and try it and trial and error. You're going to find the things that are working and those you turn into who you are and build character that way. So surround yourself with one, two, three, ten 10 guys. And just go through the book one chapter at a time. And I hope that that is extremely helpful to people. It is for us. So I know that it works. Um, and uh, and that's, that's what I can offer. So right now, it's as easy as just go surround yourself with some dudes, go through the book. Gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and leave the link to Ryan's book and Ryan's website. So you can go ahead and check them out at endaverage.com. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, please consider leaving us a five-star review. And don't forget to sign up for your free coaching call today. I can't wait to connect with you guys. Until next time, continue to march.